Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, post-Thanksgiving and the holidays. And this is actually called Small Business Saturday for you guys out there. And yes, that is a real thing if you're not familiar. Typically, it's sandwiched in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday every single year. And that will be the topic of today's podcast, which I'll dive into in a second. But hopefully, you all had an amazing Thanksgiving um, and you know, if you're a Black Friday person and you went shopping, hopefully you didn't get trampled and you got some smoking deals on whatever you're into. I never really got into that, um, a because I grew up broke and I didn't have any <laughs> any money. Um, and as I got older, I just value my time so much, and the crowds really isn't, you know, my cup of tea. But hopefully you guys found something there, and if you're into Cyber Monday, hopefully you guys pick up something on Monday. And I always found it kind of baffling that we celebrate all the things we're thankful for typically with friends or family or people closest to us on one day and then the next day we stand in line to basically try to get smoking deals and hoard a bunch of materialistic stuff that we probably really don't need but uh, that's for a different podcast altogether so again hopefully you all enjoyed your time with friends and family and know obviously you know family dynamics are different for all of us uh, my wife and I enjoyed it here um, her parents actually came down brought their family dog had a great time here um, you know, no complaints whatsoever. I, I tend not to complain anyway. And uh, as you know, all, all families have their issues and there's always a little bit of crazy in, in every family. And if you're listening out there and you don't know who the crazy person in your family is, it's you. Just so the record is clear. If you cannot spot the craziest weird person in your family, like, wow, they all seem pretty normal. You're the crazy one. And you're the weird one, just for uh, the record. But uh, I digress. Um, had a great time. Uh, eight, way less this year than any other year. I feel as I'm getting older, I'm getting much wiser. And just the more body awareness I have, the better I become. I just, it's not about vanity. Uh, it's not about how I look. I just don't like to feel like crap. And that's probably the biggest takeaway. And I like Thanksgiving food just as much as the next guy. But as I was talking and we went through the day, you know, I had some pumpkin pie. Uh, my wife's, you know, mother made, uh, some apple crisp and we had another, a uh, little bit of, uh, some kind of apple cranberry piling around the normal, you know, Thanksgiving stuff. And I like pumpkin pie with cool whip, you know, the old school style, but, uh, it's not my favorite thing. And what I mean is like, I wouldn't randomly just eat it like on a, a Friday in March. I wouldn't think pumpkin pie would be my go-to. So I tend to do better with things I don't love. Now, if it was like chocolate chip cookies and burgers and fries, I probably would have ate till I, you know, puked and shit my pants. But uh, that's for another podcast as well altogether. So I had a great time and hopefully you guys did too. And if you overate, don't beat yourself up. It's just one meal. And if you're still in that kind of, you know, holiday hangover mode right now, uh, you can get out of it. You know, one bad meal doesn't equal a bad day. And if you skipped a couple workouts, don't worry. All your gains are not lost. And you're not going to really gain 10 pounds, even though you feel like that right now, it does go away and it probably like three or four days, the glycogen will burn off. You'll be right back to normal. Drink water, get good quality sleep, be active. And uh, you guys will be okay. So with that said, this podcast, I'm going to talk about kind of Small Business Saturday, Small Business Success. And this is coming from a email in a blog post that Eric Cressy had put out from Cressy Performance. It's titled Seven Small Business Saturday Sentiments. Well, that's a mouthful uh, to say. And just for a side note, Eric Cressy runs Cressy Performance, one of the top dudes, if not the top dude in terms of training uh, baseball players, they do a lot of great stuff. Dude's been around for a long time. He's one of the most intelligent people in fitness, very technical. Uh, even a lot of the stuff he says, I listen to and I'm like, wow, I have to uh, 
get on Google just to understand it. The dude is very intelligent in terms of movement and the body and how to train, but also has an awesome business sense. He's been around, you know, for 12 years now, give or take, about the same as myself. And uh, I've learned a lot over the years in terms of small business. Uh, I appreciate it because I'm obviously in one. Um, I'm part of actually a handful of small businesses myself. Uh, I've watched a lot of my friends start their own. So if you're listening out there, and even if you don't want to start a small business or you don't work in a small business, but you want to be an entrepreneur one day or a solopreneur or you want to have a side hustle or a passion project turn into something or just have an appreciation for your friends or family or the local places you go to, I think this is something that you guys are getting a lot of value from. Now, again, I grew up around small businesses, you know, in my hometown. I think all of us did, whether it be, you know, the local bar or the corner store or some of you guys, depending on how big of a, you know, ecosystem you grew up in, whether it be a grocery store, uh, you know, the lumber yard, no matter where you're at, I think we've all experienced at some point. And I'm always fascinated by seeing what small businesses make it, which ones fail, which ones do okay, which ones, you know, are barely scraping by and which ones really thrive. And when you look at the statistics of, you know, the lifespan of a small business, you know, the the U.S. Bureau of Labor Stats, it's it's pretty daunting, mind-blowing, sobering, or depressing, depending on how you look at it. I know a lot of people think, you know, over... You know, if you make it over three years, you know, you're going to you're going to crush it or over five years, you made it over the hump and now you're going to be successful. When the reality of running a small business, this is probably the only thing, the longer you do it, the less chance you have to be successful. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like fighting. You know, you're just trying to survive every single round, round one, round two, round three, round four. And you take punches and you take a beating and some people can build up stamina and strength and they can survive the punches and some people just can't. And whether that be, you know, the market changing with technology, obviously, you know, for a lot of you listening out there, if you're a little kid like me and these are bigger businesses, but like I remember having like the Sears catalog sent to our house. And so I would sit there. You know, I'm, I, I can just picture like it was yesterday. It's wintertime in, in Minnesota. It's freezing cold. By the way, go Gophers today. Row the boat. They are playing the Badgers, and they have a chance. They have a legit chance to win, so hopefully they do. But anyways, I grew up in Minnesota, and I remember sitting there in my, in my living room. My dad's in the couch in his normal, you know, position, just kind of, you know, Gran Torino style doing what he does. And I'm there with the Sears catalog. They send us this giant, thick catalog, if you guys ever got them. And I remember just flipping through the pages looking at it like in like any little kid coveting and wishing for all the stuff that I I wasn't going to get you know my parents did the best they could I think they even gave us probably too much at Christmas time because now looking back on it I understand the financial situation we were setting in and my dad would save all this money my mom would save all this money for their checks and they would you know buy us what I consider an abundance of Christmas gifts but even though a kid you want like you know, $5,000 worth of stuff. And I'd be lucky if I got 300 bucks worth of stuff, which is a shit ton of things when you're a 12, 13, 14 year old kid. And the point I'm driving at is I look through this Sears catalog and now Sears really doesn't even exist because technology has squeezed a lot of those, you know, brick and mortar retailers out. When you look at a mall now, we used to like, you know, couldn't wait to go to the mall. We typically go the day after Christmas because we could buy all the stuff. And now malls are becoming less and less relevant because of digital. And so what I'm saying is to you, the bigger corporations sometimes can adapt and shift and change where sometimes even these smaller ones, they just get bowled over or they get bought out or they, they can't grab enough market share to survive or they don't know how to scale the business. So these are just some quick observations taken from, you know, Eric's email here on seeing, you know, 
what makes a small business go, what makes these, you know, small corporation companies be successful. More specifically, what makes the small fitness businesses successful, the ones that have made it. And I think this goes for any business in any system, especially the small ones. They prioritize their systems early on. And I believe every business has to have a system. So meaning if I am not here, if Jeremy Scott is not present at Jeremy Scott Fitness, can Jacob or Monica or when we have Matt Doors, can they run it efficiently when I'm gone? Can I give them some stuff to just set it and it goes? And a lot of people get into the gym business because they enjoy working out and they think it'd be fun to run a fitness facility. And the problem is when you're not just exercising, you fail to see all of the behind the scenes stuff that keeps the train running, you know, time after time after time after time. The best businesses that I've been a part of and that I've seen are the ones that set up a sustainable system early on so they can handle growth and scale and they don't have to change things if one person is out or if they have to shift and move pieces around. And I have to stop on this for a second for all my young, you know, entrepreneurs out there or the young people who love sport, who love fitness, you need to hear this. You should not own a gym. You should not be the CEO. You should not be the boss and run a facility at scale with a team just because you love working out. You should not quit your corporate job or change gears and just do fitness because you love exercising, because you love movement, because you love being part of a gym atmosphere. Now, I think those are all great traits. I believe you have to be a great practitioner and lead from the front if you want to create a die-hard culture of people who really buy into what you're saying in terms of how you eat, how you sleep, how you train, how you live your life. On the same note, when you start to grow and get you know, 50 people, 100 people, 150 people, 200 people, 300 people who become clients of yours in a fitness business like we do it here where it's small, a lot of what I do now has nothing to do with fitness. It all does and it all doesn't because you actually have to run a business. Now, loving exercise and loving fitness and loving training is great and it's a, it's a requirement, but you also have to run the business of it. And those are two different things. And again, being a great fitness professional, being a great coach is different than running a brick and mortar business. It's also different than running an online fitness business. These are different things. So that has to be said, in order for you to be successful and not pull your hair out and go crazy, you have to have systems set up. When people walk in the door, when people come, when they lead, how do you do lead gen? How do you do, what's your FEO offer? How are we doing client, you know, customer acquisition? Are we doing P&L sheets? What's the lifetime value of a customer? How much money can we hemorrhage up front on Facebook ads? There's so many things that go into it. So the point is you guys have to have systems in place. Anybody out there who wants to do a side hustle or have a business, there has to be some form of a system running, whether that be automated or through people who are serving your customers and clients. The second thing, all successful small businesses have a strong owner presence, especially early on. Now, my wife and I go to this place here in Scottsdale, if you guys ever come visit it, uh, it's called Toddy's uh, Asian Infusion. And there's like a Toddy's Asian Infusion too. There's, you know, basically it's the same lady and the lady's name is Toddy. Um, and Toddy runs this place and it's where we go to get our pho. We love it. It's great. I typically do the beef pho. My wife does the uh, chicken pho, uh, Vietnamese soup for you guys who are not familiar. Uh, they have spring rolls. They have a lot of stuff there. But we see Toddy there more often than not. 
and we've been to multiple locations. There's one closer to our house. And again, it's like in a strip mall. It's this little place. It looks ghetto. You guys probably would never, you know, think to even go to it. I'm giving her a free plug on here. Um, we love it. The service is great. Uh, the staff is friendly. It has a nice hometown feel. It's, it's cheap. It's affordable. And the food is good. And, and that's why we like it. But Toddy is there more often than not. And if you guys come to Jeremy Sky Fitness and I am in town, more often than not, I'm going to be here. Um, I'm here a lot of times when nobody's here, getting a ridiculous amount of work done, filming content, writing content, creating stuff, messaging people, following up, doing all the things that a lot of people don't see, as is Monica, as is Jacob, as is Matt, as is Travis when I pull him in to do stuff, as is Wags. So again, all of us are doing that. But for me, if I'm the CEO and the owner, I have to be here. I want to be here. I almost feel guilty sometimes when I'm not because I want to interact with all the athletes here. I want to interact with the people who work here. I want to keep you know my eyes on the space and see what's going on and what's going on with people's lives. It's a huge, huge time investment if you're going to be the boss. You are going to live here. It is going to be like a person. It is like your child. But it's the right thing to do to ensure the quality control, at least early on, and that the systems and expectations of what's acceptable in your establishment are established from the get-go. Like, what is an acceptable behavior? What do we do? How do we do client intake stuff? And for some reason, I think a lot of people in fitness, probably different than other businesses, I think a lot of the, the startup you know franchises, for sure, the startup, you know, gym owners, CrossFit people for sure too. I believe they think running a fitness business is way, way more turnkey than they really are. And what you have to understand is that this is going to be your life if you're going to make it. And what happens is they take more time away from the operation than they really can up, up front. I think a lot of people, who friends of ours and people we've known who have bought you know, CrossFit boxes and they've bought different franchises uh, and they bought multiple and they folded like lawn chairs. They didn't make it. And there was once a, a fitness guy here when I first started out, super popular, had a warehouse space similar to mine, had probably uh, at first way more clients than I did for sure, making way more money, at least gross net, who knows where you would fall. But he eventually franchised out, ended up opening, I think, seven or eight locations total and as I sit and talk to you guys today, none of them are still here. None of them exist. Uh, it got too big. They tried to scale it way too quick. They did not have the systems in place. And I remember there's a place here. It's in the. It's called the Biltmore uh, little circle, Biltmore Fashion Mall here. And it's really expensive to be. You're probably talking, you know, for a 2,000 square foot space, probably 10, 10,000 bucks a month or more, give or take. And that's just base rent. I don't know with cams or triple net, whatever it would cost. And I remember like we went to dinner one night and my wife and I were walking out and I saw one of his franchises was in this corner space. And I go, Heather, that's at least 10 grand a month minimum. So with all his staff overhead, this guy has to be doing at least 30 to 40 K every month minimum. And all they do is group training. Um, he's going to have a really hard time making that. Within six months, the place was closed. And so what I'm driving at is you have to have a presence in a small business if you're going to be the face of it and the person of it and if you care about it. If you're the guy who opened the restaurant, you're going to have to be there more often than not. A strong owner presence is what drives the success of many fronts of a business. 
particularly a fitness business and a small one. And again, I, I don't know. I'm going to put it this way. I've never called in sick here in over 10 years. I've never once called in sick. There has been two days here where I've left early and both times were from food poisoning. Uh, one time I left a guy here. We had a guy named Joe. He used to work here. I left him to run one group by himself because I started to feel really, really sick. And then there was one other day here where I also had food poisoning and I took off about two hours earlier than I normally do. And like so sick to the point of where I'm like shitting and puking every two seconds and I can't even lay on my side of my bed. That's how sick I feel. But point being is I've never called in sick. I always show up and I feel like it's important for me to be here to understand what our staff is doing, what our people are doing and be immersed in the community in order for it to have that feel and to be successful doing it to make sure everything is right. Now, there's times now where I can take vacations. I can leave the country. My wife and I can go to Hawaii for a week, but I'm still always checking in. I'm still doing the programming. I'm still returning the emails. We're still doing the social media updates. We're still doing the podcast. But for any small business to be successful, the owner has to have a strong presence and you have to lead from the front because nobody, no employee, no independent contractor, no coach, no trainer, no you know, server, no host, whoever it is, whatever you're doing, they're not going to care as much as you're going to care. They can't. They, they really shouldn't. It's your business. It's your name on it. You're taking the risk. Your name is on the line. You have to care that you give a shit about it so they care at least a percentage of what you do. And if you lead from the front, those people will follow as well. But you have to care about it more than anybody else will. Number three. They compete on offering, not on price. Ask any mom and pop restaurants or mom and pop pharmacy, uh, especially those ones that got crushed by CVS or Walgreens or Walmart even in the past few decades, how competing on price worked out. It doesn't work. In many small communities in terms of fitness, there's probably at least five or six, you know, small gyms or boot camp style or group training style workout options for people to have. Competing on price is the quickest way to hit rock bottom. You're always better off differentiating yourself on offerings and the quality versus the price. Is there people that offer stuff way cheaper than me? For sure there are. There's a lot of them. Is there people that offer stuff more expensive than me? Yes, there are. I believe we are in line with what the market is willing to pay right now. And do I think we underprice ourselves sometimes? For sure I do. I think what we offer is worth way more than what we charge for it. But I also understand you know, what people are willing to pay. And I understand the financial burden it puts on people. But I also want them to be healthy. So I'm willing to work with people. I'm never going to be the cheapest option. I'm not going to be. And I understand that, yeah, you might only be here for this many you know, minutes per week or this many times per week. But you're not paying just for the minutes you're here. You're paying for me to be able to answer every single question and connect all the dots for you so you can show up and it can be brainless and we can help you and we can really get you to go from point A to point B if you want to. And the fact that I know your name and you know the owner, you know me, you know my wife, you know my dog's name, I know your name, I know your kids' names, I know where you work, I probably know where you went to college and where you went to high school and I know what you like, what kind of music, what kind of food. We've had real conversations, I give a fuck about you. I'm never going to compete on price. And I don't think any successful small business would either. It's a game we can't win. I can't compete with like an orange theory on price. They can charge less and they can offer you way more quote unquote sessions to come train. 
but who's going to be coaching them? And how much does that person give a shit? And this is not a, a rant on like an Orange Theory or any franchise for that matter, but in order for those bigger places to be successful, they have to hire the lowest common denominator. They have to hire the cheapest option for that time slot available. I'm not going to go cheap on the people here. I want these guys to have unlimited potential to earn money and to be happy here. I want them to be I want them to enjoy coming here and not feel, you know, stressed and feel pressured. I want them to come in and feel like they want to help the people who are here. And so I have to pay them more so they can help you guys more and so you can be better. So again, anybody out there running a small business, you can't compete on price. The bigger box chains and the franchises and the corporate structures can crush you on price all day. You'll never win that way. You have to be different. One way of being different is being better or offering things other people can't do, whether that be the personal touches, the follow-up, the accountability, extending certain hours on holidays, or just giving a shit and just caring deeper than anybody else will care. Number four, great small businesses, they drive business via marketable, different skills and not just passion. Now, I've read a lot of stuff that Cressy Performance has written on this before, and I don't think passion for fitness alone is a good reason for starting a gym. Like I touched on earlier, if you just love exercise and being fit yourself, that does not mean you'll be a good coach. That does not mean you'll be a good trainer. That does not mean you'll be a good fitness professional. Even with this said, even if you're a great fitness professional, you're a great coach, you're great with people, you're great with kids, you're great with the groups, you're personable. I don't think that's a good enough reason either for you to start a gym or to run a fitness business by yourself. And again, I'm not judging anybody. I wish everybody the utmost success in the world, but this is hard. This is not easy to do. This becomes a huge part of your life, if not your life. I don't care how you look at it. It becomes part of who you are. You become one and the same. I joke all the time. My man AC used to always say, hey, Jeremy Scott Fitness is here. And I would be like, no, it's just Jeremy Scott. But in all reality, was he wrong? No. They thought of me all the same, even though I am I, I am more than that, even though it's, it's all you guys do see. Um, but having just passion for fitness and helping people is not a reason to start a fitness business or to run a gym. The most successful businesses, specifically fitness businesses out there, have other things that they do really well. Now, the passion... And the love for fitness does help deliver these benefits more consistently and creates a much better culture. And it shows you lead from the front so people are willing to listen to you and follow you. But over the long term, you can't outpassion a terrible business model or poor training for that matter. You just, you really have to have all the pieces in play in order for it to run. And that's what I would say to people. So Having just passion and loving fitness is not enough to be successful running a small fitness business or anything for that matter. Even if you love to cook, you're a great chef, you make the best food, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful running a restaurant. A lot more goes into it. Even if you love cutting hair and you're the best stylist or the best barber in the world, that's not a good enough reason and that's not going to get you through the tough times. Just being great at the craft of being the technician of what your business does does not mean you can outpassion a terrible business and a terrible business model or not having great business acumen or not really being profitable during times where things are tough. Number five, the good small businesses, how they do one thing is how they do anything. Now, obviously, anytime I'm doing photo shoots in other people's spaces or friends of mine, gyms I'm visiting, 
or just when we travel around America for that matter, I typically tend to look at how other small businesses run. What is their process? What's their FEO? What's their website look like? What's their staff like? What are their coaches like? What's their social media like? What's their website like? Do When I walk in the door, do they ask you to you know, sign a waiver? Um, if you were to become a client, do they have some form of assessment? Is there like a health history they take? Do they have any digital presence? Do they send you any follow-up emails? Do they send you anything beyond just, hey, come in and get sweaty and work out? Do they give you access to tools when you travel? Do they talk to you about nutrition, about mobility, about proper rest and recovery? Do they send out a newsletter? Do they have a podcast? I could go down the list. But to me, if they don't have any of those things, that alerts me to they're probably really not in it for the long haul. And that can come down to even the smallest stuff of like, do they keep the gym clean? Do they have a cleaning person? Do they clean it themselves? Is their equipment up to par? If it's broken, do they try to get it fixed as quickly as they can? Um, Is their staff educated? Is their staff friendly? Are they kind? Are they there just to collect a check or do they really give a shit about somebody else? And if you're, you know, as the owner, if you're cool with overlooking all these things, you're probably missing a bunch of other really big stuff as well along the way. So to me, how you do one thing is kind of how you do everything. Now, obviously, every business has its own quirks and none of them are perfect. But as a small fitness business owner, are you trying to do everything possible to erase all the barriers of entry for potential customers or clients? Are you doing the thing Are you doing everything in your power to make your current athletes, clients, customers as successful as they can be with providing them all the tools, whether it be voice, digital, written, in person, on the go? How do you make their life easier and erase all the excuses for them? I think that's one of the biggest keys. Number six, small businesses, the ones that are successful, they're authentic to their core. Um, Now, obviously, if you guys hear me talk, this is a Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast. I own Jeremy Scott Fitness, the brick and mortar building I'm sitting in right now. We have Jeremy Scott Fitness, the YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Jeremy Scott Fitness. We have the online presence in our, from the t-shirts we wear to the hats to the music we play here. Everything is basically authentically me. I really don't pull any punches. I talk to you guys right now like I talk to the clients here, like I talk to my wife, like I talk to my friends and family. I'm pretty much the same person. Nine, You guys get 99.9% the real me. I hold back the 0.1% because some of the stuff I think and say would just freak you guys the fuck out. It, it really just would because I don't see the world like a lot of people. But I try to display my authentic self here 24-7-365. Now, I don't share all the negative stuff that goes on in my life. I don't share all the things that really happen day to day just for the fact that I don't want to depress you guys and drag you down and my shit is my shit. I'm not here to dump it on you. I'll share the losses. I have no problem with that. But the normal things, I, as a business owner, I swallow them. So Monica doesn't have to deal with it. So Jacob doesn't have to deal with it. So Wags doesn't have to deal with it. So Matt doesn't have to hear it from me. So my wife doesn't, I just, I swallow it. I'm like, you know, I'm the garbage disposal. I just take it all in and I'm the shredder. You know, I just take it and it's gone. But for the rest of it, I try to be who I am. I share with you guys my thoughts, my philosophies on life, on finance, on fitness, on relationships and everything in between. 
And uh, my training is authentic as well. This is the way that I like to train. This is what I think is what will help you guys be the most successful, you know, for the long haul. You know, it'll allow you to be healthy, to be happy. Uh, it's sustainable. And uh, everything I do, I just try to be who I am. When you come into my office, you'll see a lot of, you know, really serious motivational stuff that helps me stay grounded and focused and, and helps me get my mind right. But you also see, you know, if you're on YouTube right now watching, you'll see the Ron Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. You'll see the, you know, Michael Scott Threat Level Midnight, you know, poster as well. Like, so you'll see, you know, how I have a side of me that's a little bit lighter, a little bit funny. And I think that's what we convey here. I'm real. I'm raw. Um, I, I just tell it like it is. And that's what you get with me. And I think every small business has to be that way. You'll never make it if you're not. If you're really a person who, like me, who likes to swear and say things off the cuff and you have a dry sense of humor and you're not being that way in your day-to-day business, you're going to suffocate. And you're wearing a Halloween mask almost every single day. And it gets exhausting, man, to put on a, a front and to fake it just to get people in the door and keep them happy. Because if you can't be yourself in a small business and this is where you're at, you know, 70, 80, 90% of your life, you're going to be miserable. And you're never going to make it. And I think when you can do it and be authentically who you are, you're going to attract people who are similar to you. And even if they're different from you, they're going to have similar interests. And they're going to be accepting of who you are. And they're going to be okay with it. That's why I have, you know, kindergarten teachers here who, you know, rap to DMX word for word. And they're saying shit and fuck right along with it. And uh, I appreciate them for being authentically who they are. I have people here, you know, who... You know, they work in a church and they wear t-shirts that say, you know, swearing makes things better. So it's like you create this culture of people who are like you. And then selfishly for you, if you're the business owner and you're the staff here, you're getting to work with people who are cool. People you'd hang out with anyway. People who you consider your friends. Um, and I think that's the neat thing. So any small business, you have to be authentic and you have to be authentically you. And I believe the business will take the mold of the owner for better or for worse. So if I suck and I'm a miserable, negative asshole, I'm probably going to have this place full of people who suck and who are negative and who are assholes. But if I tend to be positive and realistic, but also real and raw and tend to have a little bit of attitude and edge to me and I try to be focused and diligent and do the best I can, I believe I'm going to have a place filled with the exact same people. And that's what I found here over the past decade. And I appreciate these people more than you'll. Everybody here who is listening, who is an athlete here at Jeremy Scott Fitness, I love you guys. I really mean that. Anybody online, the same thing. Anybody who has bought a t-shirt, you follow us on Instagram, you listen to the podcast, you comment, you wear our stuff. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means the most to me because you guys appreciate the real me. And I appreciate you for that. Number seven, the last thing and probably the most important. Every small business and every small business owner is consistent in their daily effort, day after day after day. It's the compound effect of them showing up and trying their fucking best that allows them to live a life like nobody else can live. Now, yes, you might have to work 100 hours a week in your own business so you don't have to work 40 hours a week in somebody else's, but if you do it right and you do it consistently... It's going to pay off. And the one thing that I did read in Eric's email was, he goes, and I quote, our landlord once said, your clients hire and fire you every day. I repeat that. Your clients hire and fire you every day. And that's a phrase that really hits home. The best fitness businesses that exist are the ones that don't have lulls and don't take breaks in client experience. So what I mean is, 
They never take a day off from making sure the athletes there and the clients there have the best experience possible. The facility always looks the best that it can, and the quality of the training over time does not slide, it does not waver, and people here show up and how to have their best day. And I say this all the time, you guys, I know people here care about me and they give a shit, but I also know you guys have your own family, your own friends, your own lives that's outside of this that you care about as well. And if my entire family got, you know, you know, murdered tomorrow by, you know, a serial killer, I would still show up here and do the best I can for you guys. Yeah, I'd have to take the days off and, and sort things out, you know, the odds of that happening are it's not going to come to fruition, so I can I can talk about it, you know, half jokingly. But I would still show up here and do the best I can for you guys because I don't want to, you know, put my shit on you. You have your own problems to deal with. So I want to be the best I can for you. So every single day you show up here, I want you to have the best experience possible. I believe Jacob and Wags and Monica, everybody does the same. On down the line. That's why I use the people I use. That's why I have the people here who are on our team. And that's why I keep it small because the quality can be controlled. And I know even though they, you know, you know, and Monica here is similar to me. She's more like a robot. Jacob's my young dude. He's more emotional is the term I'll use. So you might be able to see him more on sleep, but he'll still show up and do the best he can. And the best small businesses are the ones that give the best client, athlete, and customer experience over time. And they have attention to detail. How they greet people, how they talk to them. It's just seamless. And they care about it every single day. And it's the consistency. And that's the one thing that I probably get praised for by my peers more than not is that I consistently show up. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. I show up here every day. I'm in town. I do the best I can with what I got. I fuck up a lot of stuff and I try to fix it along the way. But I try to consistently put out, you know, good quality podcasts for you guys. I try to consistently write newsletters, you know, three times a week, every week for 10 years for you guys that matter. I try to put the best stuff I can on YouTube. I try to put the best stuff on Instagram and on Facebook and on LinkedIn and whether it be on voice or video, you know, or written or the hard copy stuff we hand out. I try to make the best quality t-shirts out of the best material with the best sayings. I try to keep this place as clean as I can. I try to buy the best functional equipment that's going to really help you. I really have poured my life into it and I consistently have done that for over a decade and obviously I, I reap the benefits from it but I've given up my life to do it. And I think that's what you have to do to create something that's different than what everybody else has. I really believe that. And that's why I don't worry about 15 gyms in the area because not one of these fucking dudes is going to do what I do. They just won't. They don't have it inside them. They're not built like me. They just, they don't care enough. And even if people say, oh, well, no, it's not the same. I I promise you that. I've yet to meet somebody who is as crazy as I am for this because I give a shit about it because I see the bigger picture behind it. It's not just money. It's not just getting people fit. It goes so much deeper than that. And I consistently am trying to find ways to make all of you guys better and make your life, whether it be one thing you've heard from me say after all these podcasts or all the things we've done to help you get to a better place, whether it be physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. And I believe all small businesses have to be consistently awesome. And what my peers will say is, Jeremy, you show up with the emails, with the podcast, with the videos over and over and over again. I consistently show up in shape. I have never not been in shape since I started this life. And that's a promise I'll make to anybody. I'll, I'll always try to lead from the front. I'll try to eat the best I can, 
train the best I can, sleep the best I can, be educated, surround myself with the smartest people, you know, become friends with the David Jacks of the world, with the BJ Gadours of the world, with the Alexias, with the people who I consider my fitness circle of people, and we'll beg, borrow, and steal from each other, and we'll give you guys the best stuff we can. And I'll try to always over-deliver. If you pay 150 bucks for something, I'll try to make sure it's worth 1500 bucks. I want to give you 10x back in value every single time you buy something from us. And if we fuck something up, which we do, I'll do my best to fix it and try to rectify the situation to make you just be happy and enjoy coming here and making fitness seem like it's something fun and something to look forward to doing and not a chore and not punishment. And those would be the seven tips that you know Eric kind of laid out, and that's what I've seen in my experience as well. And I like doing business with people I like. Now, there is the rare occasion where you can be less than a desirable human, and if you're so good at your craft and nobody can beat you, I might do business with you. But the second somebody comes along that's even close to what you're doing and they're a good person, I'll work with them all day long. And now, a side note, I'm not against the giant corporations and corporate structures, but I'll always support the small businesses if I can. Now, I, every morning, get up before 4 o'clock in the morning, and I come here, and I need coffee to survive, and I'll die without it. And Starbucks is the only place open. There is no mom-and-pop coffee shop that is open at 4 in the morning when I drive to work, so I have to go to Starbucks. They have a pretty good product, and they pretty good customer service, and they're accessible, and they're all over the place. So I will stop there and I give them my money. On the days I don't have to come here as early, if I can, like on a Sunday, for example, if I can come in a little bit later, I'll go to the local coffee places because I, a, I think their coffee is better and I want to support the mom and pop places because I know how hard it is. I support BJ Gador and Sleeve Sold separately, A, because BJ is one of my great friends and because it's a quality product. I, the shorts do really fit, almost like underwear, which I don't know if that's appropriate or not for video, but I wear them and they do fit great and they're great training shorts. He has put his heart and soul behind it. I will support anybody here locally that I can. That is a small business of, you know, five, 10 people or less. The businesses that aren't doing, you know, $10 million in revenue a year. Maybe they're doing 500K a year. Maybe they're doing a million a year. Maybe they're doing 2 million a year, but it's not this giant corporation. And John Goodman had shared a great quote uh, a couple of days back, and here's what he said, and I quote, just a reminder that every time you walk into a business or happen upon a website, you're entering into somebody's dream. This person or people, if it's a husband and wife team or a family, or if it's, you know, Jeremy Scott, and again, at this point, I believe all these people are part of what we do here, um, but this person has poured his or her heart and soul into the hallowed space you occupy. I can guarantee you that they care, and they care deeply. I also find it valuable to default to trust. Even if you feel like you've been mistreated, scammed, the odds are that it's a simple misunderstanding. If you approach every interaction, both online or off, with the mindset you have occasionally been wronged, but more times than not, it will be positive, respectful, and an enjoyable interaction. So listen to me, guys, when I'm talking to you. When you visit a gym, when you visit your uh, barber shop, when you visit the local restaurant, when you visit, uh, if it's your small, you know, practice dentist or doctor's office or auto mechanic, you have to hear this. 
A reminder, every time you walk into a business or go onto their website, you are entering into somebody's dream. It's something that they thought up out of thin air. They had something in their imagination. They thought about it. They talked probably with their parents, their husbands, or wife, or brother, or sister, or family about it. And they took the leap of faith out of the corporate world, out of a guaranteed check, just into this big black abyss of unknown shit. And they poured their fucking heart and soul into something. And that's what you walked into. You didn't just walk into a gym of a guy like me who happens to be, you know, super fit. And, uh, you know, you see him on video and you see him do whatever. I I died for this and I I die for it over and over and over again. And I care about it. And I want you to have the best experience possible when you come here. So just know anytime you walk into a small business, you're pouring money back into the community because that person lives in your neighborhood or that person lives within 10 miles of where they work. That person eats at the restaurants close to you. They get coffee at the same places you get coffee at. They, you know, they grocery shop where you grocery shop. Their kids go to school where your kids go to school. You know, they buy clothes where you buy clothes. They're doing all the same stuff you're doing. You're supporting the community that you live in. And your dollars matter so much more there than they do at the giant corporate structure and machine. And again, I'm not against corporate stuff. My wife works for one of the biggest corporations on the planet. Um, and there's a lot of positive that comes with that too. But there's something different when you support a small business because every single one of those dollars matters so much. And on a side note, I'm not telling you guys you can't ask for deals and you can't bargain. But when you walk into a small business sometimes and they have a set price for the product and services that they're delivering and you ask them to discount that, I'm not saying you can't, but would you walk into Verizon and ask them to discount your monthly bill? Would you walk into Apple and ask them to discount the iPhone? Would you walk into, you know, McDonald's and say, hey, can you discount my meal today? You wouldn't. You know why? They tell you to go fuck yourself. They would never do that for you. But yet, you wouldn't do it to the pair of Jordans you bought. You wouldn't do it to, you know, the Gucci bag or your Louis bag you bought or your $300 pair of shoes or your Tom Ford glasses. But you'll do it to the small business owner. Who's asking you for 52 bucks a month? Who's asking you for, you know, 150 bucks to do your landscaping or whatever it may be? I'm not saying you can't ask for businesses. They're flexible and if they're willing to help you, that's cool. But just know they don't want to do that. They set a price because that's what they believe their stuff is worth. And that's what they believe you should pay. And you wouldn't do it to Louis Vuitton. You wouldn't do it to Michael Jordan. You wouldn't do it to Tom Ford. But you're trying to do it to the local landscaper. You're trying to do it to the local pool guy. You're trying to do it to the, the, the lady who cleans your house. You're trying to do it to the, to the gym owner. That's really going to, he's going to die for you. Day after day after day, he's going to wake up at 4 a.m. and he's going to be there for you. So just food for thought. Next time you approach something, just understand all businesses are not created equal, specifically the small ones, because it means so much more to them than it does to the giant, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies that are out there. Um, because most of us who are in this game, we're not in it to get rich. We're not in it, you know, to be famous. We're just in it to do something that makes us happy. And we're doing something that we feel matters to you guys to help improve your lives, especially if it is the fitness, you know, and health and nutrition space. We really do care. And, you know, asking for discounted rates and just coming in and and being overly critical of everything um, is not the way that I approach it. 
when I go anywhere. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt when it's a small business for the fact of I know how hard it is to do. And we do the best we can here with, you know, content, with delivery, with creation, with coaching, with really just caring and trying to do the small things that not, you know, every other place does. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. That's my small business Saturday rant. Taking from the outline that Eric Cressy had sent out and basically titled it the seven small business Saturday sentiments. So Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Anything else you want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a message, hit me up. I have a lot of Q&A stuff. I'll probably get to some of it tomorrow and a bunch of other tactical things along the way. So again, all of you guys out there listening, if you're looking to leave corporate America, start a small business, whether it be fitness or otherwise, or be an entrepreneur, solopreneur, or you're starting, you want to join another small business, or just, you know, again, with the side hustle or passion projects, just take these things I said to heart because they matter. I don't know a lot about life. Um... But I do know this because I've lived this for over a decade now and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world um, even though there's days I really do question my sanity and I'm like, what the am I really doing here? But uh, I love it and not for the money and not for, you know, what I call the fake fame of the internet and the things, but for the people Um, and I see how much this matters and I see for a lot of people who come here, this can be the best part of their day and this is where they've built, you know, a community, they built relationships, they built friendships, not only with us as the staff, but with the other people who are here. And there's power in community. And that's how we can all make life easier. We can trade, hey man, here's the guy I use for my pool. Here's my dentist. Here's my chiropractor. Here's my auto mechanic. Here's where we took a trip here. And there's just so much you can do. They become part of your inner circle and it really does matter. And that's the one thing I probably appreciate more than anything is how I have a connection with almost everything and everybody at this point. So if I'm so, someone's like, hey, you know, I've been having some ear issues. I have a great ENT surgeon I can send you guys to. And someone that I've personally helped lose 100 pounds. And he can help you improve your hearing. He can help you get out of a funk. Or like, hey, you know what, man, I've really been having some issues with my teeth. I got a great dentist who comes here who this dude's lost 100 pounds. He's been part of the community. Hey, you've been working out next to one of the best auto mechanics I know. He's right down the way. Or, oh, you have an issue with your pool or you want to put one in? We have one of the best pool companies working out here. So the point being is, in these small businesses, it goes so much deeper than just surface level. There's real connections made there in terms of how we can all community share and make our lives better through just basically sharing best practices and having a much bigger, badass inner circle. And I think if you guys are part of a gym, if you're part of a local coffee shop or a restaurant or things like that, um, there's power in that. And it, and it cuts a lot deeper than I think you even realize. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you're on iTunes right now, again, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And share this with one of your friends or family members who are looking to start their own business or maybe wants to do something different on their own. Um, I think these tips can truly help. Um, and again, if you guys want to hear anything else, You just let me know. But until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. And if you're listening to this, please support the small businesses in your community and when you travel. I promise you they appreciate it and it matters to them more than you will ever realize. You're having a bigger impact on them personally and professionally than you'll ever know. Until next time, you guys, peace.